everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a beautiful October 1st. Happy birthday to Tessa Nellis, who turned 15 yesterday. Yay. Who's not listening because no, she's asleep. No, because she's still sleeping. And I also want to congratulate our friend uh, David Hagedorn. His new cookbook, uh, Rasika, just came out. Uh, it he is and here Vikram's, in studio he, waiting for us this morning. Look how gorgeous it is. It is, is beautiful. We're he and so Vikram Sudaran, who's the executive chef at Rasika, put this book together. James Beard Award winning chef. James Beard award winning chef. Yeah. So everybody go buy Rasika. Very excited for them. All right. So we got a great show today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim McWhorter's back in. He's back on Foodie and the Beast. We're going to talk about the... Uh, With a different uh, hat on today. He's wearing, He's wearing a different a hat. hat. He's wearing a totally different hat. That doesn't look like a hat to me. It looks <laughs> okay. like his hair. But okay. <laughs> Jim's back in. We're going to be talking about Fresh Farm Market's uh, mm-hmm. annual gala, The Feast. Yes. Beauty and the Feast, Foodie and the Feast. Well, we are. And he be, has brought we with are him. We are going to be emceeing the feast. Oh yes, we're going to be emceeing. Right, we'll be there. Well, we'll get to see you all again. My that. moment in the spotlight. I can't wait. You okay. better watch out, pal. You're going 15, for it. And your fifteen minutes are almost and up. And he has brought with him a legendary chef, Nora Pouillon, who opened many moons ago uh, the first certified organic restaurant in the United States. Right. Yes. 20 years ago. Yes. No, yeah. I mean, the restaurant is open. And she only looks like she's about 26. So. Right. There we Thank go. You. That's right. What What do I want? Okay. okay. So. There we go. All right. We'll get to them later in the show. Uh, also in studio with us is Michael Rafiti. He is the executive chef at A Rose, Mike Isabella's fabulous, fabulous restaurant in the Marriott Marquis, Washington. But he's also going to be behind the new Requin, which is opening up in the District Wharf. He's brought in some lovely treats. And I'm really excited to find out like what's behind this guy. Because if you haven't had some of his food yet, you're really missing some of the best food in the city. What's behind him is that wall. No, actually. I mean, like I want to hear like his story. Okay, we're going to hear your story, Mike. That's why he's here. He's All like, right, oh, God, and no. a return guest, uh, <laughs> Chef Ferhat Yalchin, who is our friend who owns... Uh, two restaurants in town, but we're talking about Drift on 7th today. He uh, he is, um, I guess he's a master of fresh seafood dishes, mm-hmm. sustainable seafood dishes. Um, and we're going to hear he's cooking up some new dishes. There are a couple in front of us. That looks like tuna yes. to the untutored eye. Yum. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to, well, what do I know? And Taste of Bethesda is coming back. And, of course, this year you don't want to miss it. It's next week, Saturday, October 7th. They bring nearly 50 restaurants and stages of fabulous music. I think it's five stages. Anyway, we'll get all the details from Stephanie Coppola, who's the Director of Marketing and Communications for Bethesda Urban Partnership. And I'm not going to butcher anybody's name, so I'm just going to say it's Laurent and Quentin are both here from Fresh Baguette. They brought in an incredible array of gorgeous pastries and breads this morning, and they will be participating, and we're going to hear more about what they're doing as well. Okay, so Malarkey is a, uh, what would I call it, a watering hole of of good repute. Out in um, uh, Bristol, Virginia, we've got uh, uh, two of the founders. Jim, are you a founder? Do you count as a founder? I think he does. All right, Jim okay. Murray and Mike Larkin's here. Uh, we, M- Moo Larkey is Murray Larkin Kelly. I don't know who Kelly is. We'll Kelly get is our deceased time. grandmother who helped us learn distilling. So All right. Yeah. Well, these God are bless the distillers. Irish Catholic uh, old grandmothers. All right. They use uh, uh, corn from nearby Culpeper Farm Co-op and barley from uh, 
Copper Fox Distillery, and they're here. We're going to be tasting their stuff. Why don't we start with you guys? Sure. Why don't you tell us why Mularkey? Well, Mur uh, it's really tough to find a name .com that's not taken. So Mularkey was the three family names we put together. We founded the company, my cousin Tom and I, roughly three and a half years ago. Uh, I owned a restaurant in Manassas Park with my father-in-law, and uh, we were distilling old beer. And it got so popular that uh, we wanted to actually do our own distillery. So uh, we wanted to have a farm-to-flask distillery made with all Virginia products. And, uh, hey, it's a dream, and we made it come true. Well, how did you start that process? Because it, that's a lot to do, and you have an, a lot of offerings. So where did you begin on that? Yeah, well, we actually began making wine with Chris Pierman, and, mm -hmm. and we had a lot of fun Keep with that. Studio. Yeah, and then we uh, actually went to distilling because uh, I had a still, and I knew how to distill, um, literally from reading books and from doing it as a kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, literally, wait, 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 what? Yeah, growing up in Vermont, <laughs> growing up in Vermont, that's what we did. Uh, there was really not a lot to do, and our grandparents had old stills, and we used to distill old apple cider, so like an applejack. Uh -huh. um, it got me an A in chemistry and almost kicked out of school, but uh, it was fun. To do a it. couple times. So I'm we were sure. distilling our old beer instead of having all of our taps in our restaurant go into the floor drain. We would capture it and we'd distill it. And we made some very terrible tasting stuff, but we still, it was still uh, ethanol. But you could still drink yeah. it, right? And that got us into our uh, infusions, uh, mm -hmm. and it got us into our filtering as well. Sounds Carbon. like it got you into your confusions. Yeah, well, <laughs> certainly uh, carbon filtering, pressure filtering, cold filtering, all that stuff. And uh, next thing you know, we were making a vodka out of potato. We tried to make a pochine, and then I distilled it three more times and made it into vodka. And uh, we started giving it to our family and friends, and they said, this is awesome. And I couldn't keep up with it, so I wanted to get legal. And I uh, went to ATF and TTB with my cousin Tom, who's our family lawyer, mm -hmm. and my co-founder. He's the Murray again. And right. uh, next thing you know, we had, the, we had the distilling license. Okay, so now what were your first products that you launched? Or did you launch all of them at the same time? Well, we really can't because, well, no, because we some has to be aged. So our first ones were our clears. Uh, our Divine Clarity Potato Vodka was our first one out. Mm -hmm. That's right here, and that's in our award winner. We were lucky. Uh, we put it into ADI, American Distillers Institute, last year, where there's 850 craft distilleries in the United States, and our vodka won gold medal. So that was one of the biggest awards we could get. We were thrilled. And that put us on the map. Uh, our, our Justice White Whiskey, which stands for what do you drink it with? Just Ice, Justice, is our moonshine that <laughs> touches oak. So once it touches oak, it can be considered a whiskey. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't want to go into the moonshine business, even though it technically kind of is a moonshine, because I didn't want to wear overalls and chew on straw. And hey, hey, moonshine thing. is You didn't want to have the revenue come and blow up your still. Right. right. Well, I also don't think, you know, obviously moonshine is making a nice comeback. It Belle is. Isle is a fantastic one out of Richmond. We know them well. Um, but we, uh, you know, we wanted to go down the whiskey, whiskey trail. And then, of course, we made our gin. So all of our clears, because we didn't have to age them, and we could mm -hmm. bottle them and get them to market really quick. And also, we didn't know it was going to be good, or what, the, what the market would re respond to. So we started with that, and then we did our infusions as well. We had our clemency, which is our lemon, uh, naturally infused lemon whiskey, mm -hmm. and our sincerity, sort of firing the, uh, following the fireball phenomenon, which is our naturally infused uh, cinnamon whiskey. All right, let's yeah. get to right. tasting. Yes. Yeah. So what are you, just what tell I us say. quickly what you're going to be making first, and then we'll come back to you. Well, I was going to do a screwdriver, with, but I couldn't find the OJ, because he mm -hmm. got paroled. So, uh, uh, hey, I'm just trying to break right here. Whoa, right. stop it we right all there. know. We I'm all the know. comedian That's here. Right. Right. I'm sorry Watch about it. that. I worked on that all morning. Okay. No, actually, so uh, one of the most popular drinks we have, our, our vodka is our most popular seller. Okay. And I don't know if you guys have been out lately, but vodka club soda is everywhere. That's mm -hmm. what people want to drink. It's uh, low in calories. It's Locale. easy to drink. So we're going to do that with just a splash of pomegranate. Not cranberry, but pomegranate, just to give you a little antioxidant. Cool. All right. Well, you get to that, all and right. so we're going to get to our first guest. Jim and Nora, I don't know where to start. You, you, you probably remember Jim McWhorter from his days at Coastal Sunbelt, where he was bringing delicious fresh produce from the Shenandoah up to D.C. so that we could all enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, and now now you're actually the acting executive director. I am. I've been Fresh uh, Farm Markets. Look at you, The son. interim executive director for about four months now. 
And tomorrow we're actually concluding final interviews. So supposedly my term will will end in four weeks. But, but you'll I'll go tell down you what, okay, hopefully. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Right. It, it really has. Um, uh, the, the, the junior staff is passionate and dedicated like nothing I've ever seen. So mm-hmm. the market managers and things like that. Oops. And I've learned a lot. Well, let's so give everybody just a quick overview of the market because you have so many. Can we just talk about, just give everybody sort of the mission statement of where you guys sure, are and what sure, you're doing? Sure, sure, sure. Um, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Ann Yonkers and Bernie Prince are generally regarded as the founders of Fresh Farm. Yes. But Nora had a big hand in that, and I'll mm-hmm. let Nora speak to that. Mm-hmm. Currently, we have 15 producer-only markets, mostly in D.C., mm-hmm. a couple in Virginia and one in Maryland. Um when we say producer only, in other words, if, if you buy an apple, you're buying it from the person who grew the apple. Or if you buy some eggs, you're buying from uh, the person who owns the chicken. And that's important because not all markets are like that. Mm-hmm. Our mission is to support sustainable agriculture in the Chesapeake region. And we do that by creating intersections where the farmers can come. DuPont Circle is a world-class one. And they, the consumers can come and the farmers can make a livelihood. Right. We have about a million dollars in charitable missions. Food Prince, which is a class in um, 11 D.C. elementary schools, is our flagship one. The children go to English. They go to math. They go to social studies. Mm-hmm. They go to Food Prince. Um, we employ teachers within the schools, and it's a nationally recognized program, and we're hoping to scale it. Which would be terrific. Mm-hmm. And so, Nora, what got you involved with the markets all those years ago? I, I was not involved. I sort of inspired it. Okay. <laughs> well, I, apparently you're an inspiration for lots of things, right? <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> well, I think it was sort of a logical following, you know. I mean, you know, I, in the 70s, I drove out in the countryside to Virginia to find local farmers and to find farmers who did the farming in a more natural way. You know, the word organic didn't exist then. And then um, in the 80s, I found a new morning farm that that, uh, Jim Crawford owned. And he told me about, uh, when I saw him there with his truck, I said, it said big letters, organic produce. I said, hey, you're the man I need. (laughs) And he said that he's opening, uh, he's uh, putting together an organic co-op called Tuscarora Organic Growers Mm -hmm. uh, Co-op. And uh, actually... They are the people that uh, will donate most of the produce for our, our fundraiser feast. And um, so I, in the 80s, I started to organize. I mean, I was only one restaurant, and so I really couldn't help support these 20 farmers. So I organized the chef's tours. Mm-hmm. I organized chef tours. buses that bus them out to the farmers in Pennsylvania so they could see exactly that we have actually local farmers. And you can buy from them. And uh, so that's how it all started. And so the next step for me was, I mean, how, why only have chefs, you know, taking advantage of this local produce? Mm-hmm. Why not have also people, the community, the customers shared? And that's how I came to the idea that we needed a producer-only farmer's market. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I got $50,000 from the Wallace Foundation, from Gene Douglas Wallace and I told them I know exactly the person who will be perfect to run that farmer's market, and that was Ann Yonkers. Mm-hmm. She was my friend, and she helped me already with my cookbook. And so she uh, really started it, and, and she went to the farm, then trust, and there she met Bernie, and together they ran it for nearly 20 years. Right, and now they've expanded it. 
so much at yes. this point. I mean, mm. what, what you guys are doing is incredible. Mm. Well, let's talk a little bit about the feast because this is your annual biggest fundraiser, right? It, it is. Probably mm. bigger this year because we're emceeing. Well, right. We are. <laughs> we are um, I think it's the 11th feast, mm-hmm. and it's on Tuesday, October 17th. It'll right. start at 6 o'clock, and we've chosen Doc 5 at Union Market as the venue because we are a young sheep <laughs> hip organization. Right, of course. Sheep hip organization. Yes. So you can't beat that venue. And the cocktail hour will have a lot of the people who sell at market. In other words, Urban Butcher will be there, mm-hmm. Green Hat Gin, Rappahannock Oysters, Right Proper Brewing, Rockland's Farm, they make wine in Poolsville, Maryland. We know them well. We go out there. I sure. love that farm. I love that place, too. I want to just have a, I just want to get there. married again so I can do it there. Wait, it's wait, so to pretty. me or to someone else? <laughs> <laughs> what difference does it make if yeah, I can throw the care, wedding? Right. <laughs> yes. It's all over, anyway. We've got um, a, a, great, a great number of uh, food-related, mostly live mm-hmm. auction items teed up, and Nora has designed the menu. Oh, how exciting. So this year, this year, normally what we do, we always have, you know, a dozen chefs uh, come up with the menu and each one has different course and so mm-hmm. on. But this year we decided not to go with the theme because, first of all, October the 17th is the same day that, uh, that the Michelin star will yes, come I out. Know. And then uh, there are about 20 restaurants that open at the, at the, down on the waterfront. So, I mean, I knew chefs would be extremely busy. So uh, we decided that uh, since they are very nicely honoring me, mm-hmm. uh, they asked me to uh, basically put together a menu that would represent the food I did at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I, I, I made it very simple. And you I know, just I'm so sorry. We're going to take a quick break. When okay. we come back, you can tell everybody okay. about the kind of food that's going to be there. And we can tell everybody how they'll get tickets. Hey, this is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We're getting drunk on Baca. We'll be back in a sec. Back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Before we get back to the show, we love our sponsors. One of our sponsors is the fabulous market at River Falls in Potomac that happens to be owned by Jim McWhorter and his beautiful wife, Yasmin. And they're having a shrimp sale this month, 15% off. It's still great grilling weather, so go by the uh, market at River Falls in Potomac and... Uh, so much there, the meats, the fish, everything. Mm-hmm. Have a look. All right, so let's get back to you guys. Um, well, when we took the break, Nora, we were talking about the menu that you're designing for yes, the feast. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about well, that. Well, it, it, it's really a very seasonal menu, and it represents a lot what I did as restaurant. Nora, it, it's a roasted beets with a, with a roasted celeriac, and and that's the first course. It will be plated, and then the main course is an MSC-certified uh, haddock that uh, comes uh, f- actually from our other company and donated, which is wonderful because we expect 300 people and with lots of vegetables. I mean, there will be lots of vegetables. There will be a family style, an enormous platter of roasted root vegetable and all, everything flavored a little bit in the Asian style because mm-hmm. to remember Asia North. Asia yes, North. of course, Hello. we remember. You and took then, my uh, line away. <laughs> and then... Uh, a big platter of just green vegetables, all kinds of green vegetables that are in season then. And for desserts, we have, again, family style, we will have a platter of, of um, the Austrian chocolate cake, my grandmother's recipe, with, of course, whipped cream, schlag, mm-hmm. and also some cheeses from our farmers so that uh, people who don't want to have chocolate want to have chocolate. And who doesn't want to have chocolate? And who doesn't want to have cheese? Like, I, think it's, I think both should be there, don't you? But I think what will be also very exciting is our auction items. We worked very hard, and they had lots of different trips to Paris and to California. I just got a, 
uh, dinner at Alice Watership and Nice and uh, at the Slanted Door and lunch and at Bulvana's a dinner. I mean, I think Cabo and Luca. I think we have uh, wonderful. Uh, we have Jim's. Together. Jim's Beach House that sleeps mm-hmm. 10 people. Oh, right? there we I go. I think the co-hosts should have their choice of all these auction <laughs> items. Don't no. you? No, because no. we're there to raise money oh, right. for this. I'm only thinking about myself. Okay, James, quickly, tell everybody where they can get info. The, the best thing to do mm-hmm. is to go online. You'll go to FFM, like Frank Frank Mary, dot org, and that'll bring the Fresh Farm website, and just click on the Feast button, and you're almost there. Okay, great. Thank right, you guys, so much. Thank, thank you, you thanks, both for Nora. coming in this morning. All right. All right. Well, so this drink is um, really going to wake you up Potent. first thing in the morning. My goodness. Potente. Yes. Well, we actually started with vodka because it's the neutral of all spirits. Mm-hmm. So we're going to work our way up with more flavors as we go on. Okay. Well, so what are we doing next? Oh, excellent. That's my turn. That's yes, perfect. it is. So we took the, uh, the our white whiskey, which is our um, uh, justice, and we put it into a crisp pyramid Merlot barrel, actually a, a French Chardonnay barrel. And we did that for about uh, three three weeks with two pounds of organic lemon peel, uh, and we actually came out as a lemon whiskey we call clemency. Now, were you just experimenting? I mean, what you know, this, these are not things that naturally go together. Yeah, we we were, and a lot of people think that our stuff is vodka, and it's it's not. We only make one vodka because vodka, by definition, is any distilled spirit that's. Uh, distilled past 190 proof and we bring our whiskey out about a 150 and clean it up a little bit so we're not quite a vodka we again we wanted to be in the whiskey category and the lemon whiskey for sure is our uh, probably our most unique product of the, of the whiskeys although we just came out with an orange and a coffee whiskey as well um, but the lemon is one of our biggest sellers because in the summer i'm going to make the drink it's called a clemonade mm-hmm. it's a uh, lemon juice simple syrup and 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 lemon whiskey it's a I mean, deconstructed that delicious. lemonade yeah, that absolutely. super refreshing really good so we uh, we pre-made some of that and then we're going to actually mix it with with the lemon whiskey and uh, garnish it with a fresh lemon. Again, it's called the Clemonade with our clemency uh, lemon whiskey, lemon all natural lemon infused organic whiskey. Thank you. All right, while Cheers. you're doing that, let's talk to Mike Rafiti. So, hi, Mike. You Hello. are something else. Mike is right now the executive chef at uh, Mike Isabella's Arroz in the Marriott, Marriott Marquis, Marquis, and we yep. have eaten there and. We love awesome, it. awesome. Thank you, you know thank do. you. And now you're going to go to the wharf and be the executive chef at Requin. Why don't you tell us about all that? Well, I, I want to start with, though, sort of like how you got in with Mike Isabella, how long you've been with him. Mm-hmm. You were cellmates right in San Quentin. <laughs> Something right? like that. No, I've, I've known Mike for about five, six years now. Mm-hmm. Back in my time at Blue Duck Tavern, he used to come in a lot, eat, eat dinner, hang out. So we became friends at that point. Mm-hmm. Then I went to San Francisco for a few years, and uh has been a conversation of, you want to come back back home, and it was, you know, the right time, the right place. But what was it about the arroz concept that interested you? Uh, you know, the the fact that we can cook uh, mid Atlantic ingredients with different flavors of Spanish cuisine and mm-hmm. Moroccan cuisine. It's really uh, something something we've never done before. I've never really seen anyone do it, so it was kind of let's do it. Well, for you... people who haven't been in that restaurant, give them a little four one one of what. Like, explain it, because uh, I think some of the dishes on there are really unique. Nothing, yeah, nothing is classic. It's very, it's our take on Spanish and Moroccan cuisine, so mm-hmm. it's, you know. Well, first we, of all, it looks, the architecture, it's, you, you it's walk through restaurant. sort of a Moorish arch. <laughs> yeah. That's Natalie Park. Stunning. Natalie did that. It's beautiful yeah, it's stunning. So, you know, we really take, you know, great ingredients and try to modernize classic Spanish and classic Moroccan dishes and put mm-hmm. our twist on it and uh, make it a little bit more. Can I just home. say the single best lamb ribs I've ever had in hey, my thanks. life? Well, they're really good. Boom. Okay, so then how are you going to sort of change change what you're doing? Like, explain for people who I haven't c- gone to the Requin yeah. in Virginia, like you're doing something very different here. Very, very different. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I've cooked French food for a long time. I was a chef at a French restaurant in San Francisco for years, and mm -hmm. this it's going to be very similar to a rose, but mm -hmm. um, you know, in the sense of it's going to be a contemporary take on classic French di dishes using local ingredients and really trying to utilize the farms and you know fishermen's in this area. So, mm -hmm. give us an example. What's a contemporary take on a classic French? Probably dish? Probably this one right here. Uh, the one I'm eating. Crudité. <laughs> so it's crudité, but we dip it in a truffle butter. And then oh there's a little lemon crumb fresh on the side, so it's just like this is like this is everything I want in a dish yeah, because a little... when you get to a restaurant before you actually order, I want a snack. Yeah, so that's going to be on snack. the snack part of the menu right there. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. Everybody can come and try it. We're not ordering it. It just happens no, you to be can't. biased. Get away. Um, how big is the restaurant? Uh, it's about 100 seats. Okay, indoor and out. Uh, yes. Okay, yes. Well, it's going to be a little bit bigger with the patio. So okay. I think there's like 40 or 50 seats on the patio. And so um, what, as you guys are putting together the menu, like let's talk a little bit about the wines and the cocktails and the menu and how you work with like Taha and everything that you guys are doing. Yeah, I mean, Taha is very involved in, uh, you know, knowing what, what I'm putting on the menu. And we Why don't we say who Taha is? He's Taha the beverage is director is the for beverage, Mike Gabella. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was Concepts. in when Rose opened. He came in and made cocktails. And yeah. yeah, but you're talking about him like he's your buddy and no, the world <laughs> needs to know who Taha <laughs> is. Taha's the man. Taha. Yeah, he's awesome and, uh, you know, really creative with the, the wine program and the cocktails. So mm -hmm. the cocktails are going to really coincide with what we're doing on the menu. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of the same seasonal ingredients we're opening in fall, so there's going to be a lot of fall. What do you think some of the, like, Big ticket items are going to be on the menu, like as for you're, food? yeah, for food, like uh, as you're looking at it, like roast chicken some, stuff okay. like that. We're gonna, you know, everything you want to get when you go to a French restaurant. This is gonna be our take on that. We're gonna mm -hmm. do escargot, bone marrow, all that delicious stuff, nice and healthy. But food. you're very artistic in your presentation. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't do see things simply. Obviously, like if you look at the crudité <laughs> platter. Um, so, what are going to be some of your takes on that? That we're, uh, gonna be able we're doing to see? little escargot croissants. So essentially, we're in a Take croissant dough and roll burgundy escargots and bake them in the oven. Mm. So they're gonna look little, little adorable little escargot blankets. Does a come into this world as a snail or a pig? Does <laughs> or it? Or a chicken yeah. at this or point? Or a chicken? No. <laughs> so that we're doing a bone marrow au poivre. So you know, classic take on like a steak frites, but doing it with bone marrow mm. and uh, bacon jam. Well, people want to okay. know about opening dates. When is this gonna happen? They don't uh, it's know yet. Do we know? Yeah. It is. Yeah, a little later down the road. It's okay. Open. All right. October. Yes, All in right. October. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, okay, so what about the dessert program? Uh, very, uh, you know, it's not 100% there yet, but we're okay. going to do a couple different things, little creme brulee tart, beignets, mm -hmm. things you want to eat when you're going to a French restaurant. What about breads? Breads, we were making a baguette. I mean, we have a bakery in here. Yeah, but we're going to talk to these guys here, but we're making, right. a, we're making a baguette in house right now, some brioche, so mm -hmm. we're going to have a lot of cool French breads in house. Okay. Did I, I don't think I missed it. Who's the pastry chef? Uh, Jacob Euler. From? Uh, he worked with me in Vegas, actually, at a French restaurant called Bardot. Okay. So, and he worked at Robichon. Yeah, he's very young. He's worked with me for years. Mm -hmm. And so did you have specific styles? Did you and Mike sort of sit together with him and talk about the kinds of things that you were looking yeah, for? Yeah, we went on a couple of trips. We've eaten at a couple of restaurants, and, you know, we've, we talk a lot about mm -hmm. food and, you know, what's, what's around. We go to the farmer's markets and, you know, we really just brainstorm and come up with a menu. But since this concept is so different, I mean, just in its, ethnicity excuse me um were there things that you tasted like was there anything that you had or tried where you're like i want to make that my own you know i mean like did you have a dish somewhere or did you eat something and you were like i yeah. want to do that but i want to do it i think everything that i try to put on the menu we try to make our own you know right. like just trying to put our own little spin to it like nothing's classic it's all it's all created it's kind of like more of like a 
dirty French kind of thing where it's uh, a lot of spices are still being used. There's going to be a lot of a lot of flavor to what we're doing. So you mean like not as much butter and cream, or yeah, it's going to definitely be some lighter dishes on the menu. A lot okay. of lot of vegetable dishes on the menu. Mm-hmm. So anything nobody's ever seen before? Uh, I'm sure Come we'll on, get there. There's going to be a beef belly on the menu, which no one really uses beef belly, so I think no. it's going to be pretty cool. No. So like the pork belly, beef. This is beef exactly. belly. Yeah, beef instead of pork. Okay. So. And so what are you doing with it? Uh, it's going to be kind of like a pot of pho. It's kind of like a pot roast with uh. Beef belly and is broccoli it just and as stuff like that. It's, yeah, it's really good. It's really tender. How's so why don't people use it? What's that? Why don't people use it if it's uh, so good? I'm sure they will now. So. I know. Oh, <laughs> you starting a trend. a trend. But how's the flavor different? Because uh, pork belly is so distinctive. It's, yeah, I mean, so... it's very, you really taste the beef. It's pretty fatty and, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like short rib. Okay, oh, yeah. very cool. Awesome. All right, so let's, so right now everybody can find you at Arose, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually we'll be able to see you well, at Well, I'm still going to be at Arose. You're going to be at uh, both. Yeah, we'll be at both. Okay, great. Or I'll be at both. Okay, yeah, you'll be at both. Um, and I just sort of want to know, like, is this is this the way you thought it was going to go for you? Uh, you know, it kind of just fell into the fell into my lap this right. way. You know, we, me and Mike, have known each other for years, and it kind of just came together. He knew I wanted to come back home, and it was a perfect way to come back home and uh, mm-hmm. open two restaurants in one year. I know, right? That's my point. Yeah, like that's a lot. This right. this is gonna be. I've I've opened fifteen restaurants, so this is gonna be. Oh, so you're like yeah, no big is, deal. Oh, in your sleep. Like, okay, right. I can good, do this. So. All right, we gotta okay. go to commercial. Yes, we Sorry. do. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this and this is really delicious. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back with you in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're gonna talk to the late Mitch Berliner, who's usually on the show <laughs> at the start. Mitch, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, and, buddy. Um, How? It's a rumor. I'm actually still alive and well and kicking. Good. Okay, what, good. for a good year. I'm going to bet good. that Central Farm Markets are alive and kicking in this beautiful, beautiful weather. weather today. Uh, Tell me what's going on out there. Well, we're slammed down here today, and um, I have Lauren from Liberty Delights, who's going to talk about her farm. We talked about like featuring. It was your fabulous idea. Well, let's get her on the phone. So we're going to get her on the phone right this moment, and here she is. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Hi, hey, Lauren, how, are how are you, Lauren? You? So tell us a little bit Very about great. your how's your farm. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, thanks for asking. We have a hundred-acre farm in Reisterstown, Maryland. We mm-hmm. raise beef, pork, chicken, and rabbit. Uh, it is just a gorgeous hidden gem that is uh, surrounded by natural preserve. Mm-hmm. And so, at the Bethesda Central Farm Markets, you bring all these products every week. I bring over 3,000 pounds of meat every oh week. Good Lord. Do you really? And are there different cuts that you bring? Like, how do people know, like, when they come to see you, how do they know, like, what to get and what to buy? How does that work? All of our farmers associates are trained to learn about the different cuts of meat, but we also have handout schematics that talk about the different cuts. Mm-hmm. We have individually packed and cryovac meats that can be easily sous vide or grilled, and we always carry fresh chicken and fresh steaks, so you can actually put it on the grill today. Oh wow, that's amazing! Um, so, and you're just at you're always at this Bethesda Central Farm Markets, but are you at others as well? Yes, we are at Bethesda. Rockville, Mosaic, and Maryfield. We also participate in Baltimore and Catonsville markets. Okay, great. So you're really committed here. And can people find out, like, can they visit your farm? Yes. By appointment or anytime, they can reach out to us at our website, mm-hmm. www.LibertyDelightFarms.com. Mm-hmm. And we ha- welcome tours for executive chefs, families, schools, agriculture groups, all kinds of folks. Terrific. Well, I want to make sure that people can find you. Um, do you mind, Thank you for joining us this morning. Do you mind throwing Mitch back on the phone for a sec? 
Here you go. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for putting on our folks from Liberty Delights as our kickoff. I think they did a great job. They did. You you should have her with you every week, Mitch. Okay, Mitch. Well, tell everybody where they can find the market, please. Again, go to centralfarmmarkets.com to find our three locations. Open year-round at two of the markets, and we'll see you. Live music, chef demos, and everything you need to eat for an entire week. All right, buddy. Thanks very much. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, so we've got a return guest here. Look at him. So Hi, Chef. In shape Hi, and so handsome. <laughs> okay. Thank you. There oh, you go. Okay. <laughs> Ferhat Yelchin owns Drift on 7th, and it's a great restaurant with sustainable seafood and fresh everything. And he's back in to talk about the restaurant, but also about some new dishes happening. Why don't you do kind of a 411 on you and the restaurant first? Yes, please. Well, uh, good to be back. Thank you very much. And I want to say good morning to everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're waking up up now, but the gin is putting them to sleep. So So I'm the chef owner of Drift on 7th in Shaw, and I have another restaurant in College Park called Fishnet. Uh, We focus on sustainable, as much as local, when in season, uh, seafood and uh, fresh produce from local local farmers. Mm Mm-hmm. little bit about your background i mean how did you get into it and why launch drift because you've been around for a while you've been in different places so let's let's get into that a little bit right so i actually started working at corduroy uh chef owner tom power i worked there about 10 years i was working uh, front of the house Mm -hmm. i started as a a breakfast server there because it used to be in a hotel i remember yeah right when it opened Mm -hmm. yeah i remember those days too because i used to wake up at like 4 30 a.m right (laughs) To get to the breakfast shift. Mm-hmm. Now you wake up to go open your restaurant. Right, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> uh, I worked there. Then I decided to leave around 2010 and decided to open my own restaurant in College Park. Mm-hmm. So I actually never been in the kitchen before. I've been always in the front of the house. So I was a general manager for the past three years at Koroi. Uh, so it was a big change for me to start cooking actually mm-hmm. uh, but what know, did you in, in wait what's the name of the restaurant in college park fishnet fishnet because right. that has a huge following it does yes right it's been there six years and we are doing great it's getting well, busy all right so mm-hmm. but you're from turkey originally correct? i am yes from so Istanbul. did you say i'm gonna open it up and i'm gonna i'm gonna cook seafood the way we cooked it when i was a kid i mean what so yeah fish, what drove fi- that? Uh, from, from Istanbul, growing up we always had this like a uh, local f- I guess you could call just uh, street food, all that was done in the sea. Uh, fish and bread, you know, like fresh caught fish, uh, small boats. You know, I've seen the photos. All you did was walk out your front door and stick a line in the water. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. And, you know, j- that thing was just so delicious. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to do something similar to it. Just a little more Americanized version. Right. So uh, I guess that caught on. How many it, years ago was that? Uh, six years ago. So you opened up your first restaurant in College Park, right. and then Drift on 7 is? Uh, the second one we opened about three years ago. Okay, great. And I think that's when we first had you on, when you guys right, first right. opened. Mm-hmm. And so what was more the Because con- the concepts are very, they're not really similar, right? They're, they're different. No, they are very different. Fishnet is very super casual. It's a counter service. You know, mm-hmm. we have like really nice local beers and wine. Right. And, and uh, Drift on 7 is a little more refined version of uh, seafood. That I can, I feel more related to. That I can, you know, coming from a fine dining restaurant, I could just feel more comfortable uh, mm-hmm. cooking that kind of food. 
So, well, how do you go about sourcing your seafood? So uh, seafood obviously is, I think, very important to all the humanity because uh, there are a lot of fish that are overcaught and you don't want to do that because fish needs to be spawning and you know mm-hmm. it needs to regroup and grow again. We all need to be spawning. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've spawned plenty. I think everyone <laughs> agrees with me. Let's spawn. Okay. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm really careful uh, to choose that it's the fish that is not really overcooked. Mm-hmm. We get this really nice uh, salmon from Faroe Islands. It's actually a farm fish, but uh, it's an ocean farm. And this is very unique uh, technique. Right, so it's to like them. in the middle of the ocean, right? They, it's not near uh, land. Exactly, right. exactly. They have like uh, these fenced areas in the ocean in cold Faroe Island waters, mm-hmm. and all the feeding is organic, like as uh, natural as it could be. Mm-hmm. So we get uh, salmon from there uh, every other day almost. We have uh, hake on the menu, which is another cold water fish coming from main area. And we have this beautiful uh, yellowfin tuna. It's, it's an at- Atlantic tuna. We should probably taste it. Uh, yeah, you should. You should taste it. So uh, oh, you mm. got one already. I got one. This. This is Guys. a. Everybody. I, I have plenty of more. So, uh, just I need like a few more minutes. Mm. So. <laughs> 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 uh, this, this this tuna is a yellowfin tuna. It is marinated in olive oil and some garlic, and I have some uh, Turkish spices. Uh, it marinated overnight. Mm-hmm. It is seared rare. With some uh, coriander, black lava salt, and some chives that is sitting on a homemade potato chip. It's so delicious. That's, that's a new dish on what the menu. What is black lava salt? Is it literally from? Well, it is. Uh, I think it is from uh, lava, but it's a uh, volcanic salt. It's mm. also known. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are like tens of different thousands of uh, There's salts. so many different salts. Right, right. Now, how right. do people do that, though? They look at that and they go, let's eat that black yes. lava. Uh-huh. I mean... No, think well, about that. I, I'm thinking okay, it's think just by it. luck. You grow you know? vines um, in the soil. I know, but right? I mean, I don't so eat dirt. Thing. <laughs> you might be. You I don't think, know. I, 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 I eat dirt. dirt. So. I ain't no dirt. Okay. But I mean, okay, I took you off subject. Sorry about uh-huh. that. He has that's, a tendency that's right. to do that. I do. A lot. I'm a great digressor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, do you or are you spending most of your time downtown, or are you out? In I the, am uh, currently. I'm more in uh, fishnet. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until two weeks ago, I was uh, I was at Drift most of the time. Mm-hmm. But, but I was are actually you experimenting st- all the time. What do you? I mean, I know you're cooking, but I mean, I, are you playing with new dishes all the time for Drift? Yeah, that's our family meal for. You know, mm-hmm. we during family meal we do like uh, I like to do the family meal, so I can like try different stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you should invite your friends. <clears throat> well, let me ask well. you a question <laughs> with the fish, especially since you're using such different varieties. Right. Do you find that, and I know DC is um, DC is an educated consumer, uh-huh. but do you find that you have to educate people on the kinds of fish that you serve? Because I know that, you know, a lot of people just, they know salmon, they know tuna. Right. They may not know hake. You know, like, what's the, what's the education that you have to give to some people? Well, uh, not to be on an arrogant side, but it's, I don't really feel like it's education. It's more like uh, releasing, like, a new... Uh, product and just you know like telling it nicely gently mm-hmm. and explain it more i think the more you know the more you can explain it uh, so but i i agree with your point that you know like spanish mackerel or bluefish or something that's like really bold flavored uh people are kind of like s- 
staying away from that kind of fish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really but wish that... once they taste it... Once they taste it, it's actually delicious. Right. Right. It's, it's like bluefish is such a great example. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, where the trend started with bluefish that people are like, yeah, it's, like, too heavy or it's oily or whatever. Right. I've never had a bad piece of bluefish. It's no. always delicious. But they used to delicious. call it a junk fish. When, we, when I was a kid and we'd go fishing with my dad really? off uh, Ocean City, they'd catch blues and throw them back. They, nobody, you know, but they're really delicious. They're delicious. Well, mm-hmm. well uh, I, I, I can't really relate to that. I, I grew up calling bluefish. Okay. Right. <laughs> and I was, just, I was just showing you the pictures right. where I grew up. Well, so, clearly uh, my dad knew nothing <laughs> about a lot of things. Okay. All um, right, so let's make sure everybody knows where Drift is on 7th. Yeah, we are located on uh, 7th Street between S and T, uh, right behind the Howard Theater in Shaw area. Mm-hmm. Uh, right on top of the metro, actually. So, right, uh, you're right there. Like literally like 20 and yards. D- uh, dinner only? We are dinner only open Monday to Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. We open at 4 p.m., start with a happy hour until 7. Okay, are you feeding all those hungry people going to the... New pub dread. Uh, uh, yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah, we have been doing that for a while. I know, right? Like nothing. <laughs> Do we have to thank Derek Brown? I mean, you know, like all those people are walking right by your restaurant. Right, they're actually not walking; they're standing. They're in standing front of the on restaurant. Line. <laughs> right. You should go out there with Come a cart. I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah we we just opened the door. You know, like uh, back when they did the previous bar. Uh, it was so hot outside, and we were just giving ice cream to the people, and they were just loving it. Oh my god, I've had. So, That's uh, insane. Well, listen. Congratulations well, on yes, all your and success. Thank you. yeah, and thanks thank you a lot. Keep it up. Appreciate Coming it. back in with all this food, yes, please. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I have Every more. Every week so, uh, would be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has a business to run. No, yeah, but okay. After that. All right, yeah, let's get great. Florent in here. Um, thank you. Thank you. Taste of Bethesda is coming up. It's October 7th. Uh, uh, what is it? has got 50 restaurants. Uh, Stephanie yep. mm-hmm. Coppola. She Coppola, did not yep. produce <laughs> or direct The Godfather. It's not Coppola. That's correct. It's Coppola. Where's your family from in... In Italy. Uh, mm-hmm. Somewhere between Rome and Naples. Small village. Benvenuto. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and Florent, I mean, we've got such an international crowd today. Uh, you're originally a Parisian, correct? Well, I'm from Dijon, you know. Oh, uh, I thought the, it was... Oh, wait, no, Quentin, who's... Quentin. you got to get on a microphone yeah, over there, you can there, go Quentin. stand over there. Go stand over there. So, Stephanie, why don't we start with what sure. the Taste of Bethesda is and does and offers. Yeah, absolutely. So, the Taste of Bethesda, we're celebrating our 28th year this year. That's amazing. It's a huge celebration of food and restaurants and fun and live music in downtown Bethesda. It's mm-hmm. coming up next Saturday. Um we're thrilled when folks like Fresh Baguette, who are, you know, have been in Bethesda a couple of years, um, almost four years now, yeah. okay. continue to come to the event because it's a real celebration of restaurants who are new, restaurants who have been in the community a long time and might mm-hmm. be trying new foods. So we just want people to come out and just eat, eat, eat all day. And um, Fresh Baguette brought some of these wonderful foods with them, and we're excited and they're joining us and, this year. And, I mean, everything is so Well, let's beautiful. talk about Fresh Baguette for a little bit. Let's give everybody sort of your history because you have a couple, you have a new location coming, but you have a couple of locations and just sort of the kind of bakery that you are. Yeah, it, it's a real artisanal bakery. We mm-hmm. bake fresh every day. So our bakers start at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. and they really uh, bring the dough inside the oven. Mm-hmm. And when they are done, they mix a new dough. They cut, divide it, they cut mm-hmm. it, they shape it. And so everything is made from scratch every day. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we donate all the goods and we start again the day very after. Nice. So everything is very fresh. I wanna, what is Quentin's role? Wait, wait, wait. Quentin. Quentin. We're going to have to wait a second because we're going to take a commercial break. Oh, we are? When we come oh, we back, are. then we will get into Quentin. What Delayed your gratification. Is. Sorry, my <laughs> but we will get back to you in just a sec. This is David and Nikki Nellis. We are carb overloading on Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. Hey, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We do want to thank all our sponsors of Foodie and the Beast, our mm-hmm. friends at ProFish, 
great sustainable seafood. Uh, and the actually, at in River two Falls. weeks, um, we're doing an entire show with the Pro Fish team. All right. They're well, all coming in studio. You heard it's it here really first. Terrific. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Market at River Falls, Celebrity Cruises, and the folks at Central Farm Markets, and now Meat Crafters. Yes. Which is delicious uh, artisanal salamis. Sausages and, and salamis. Yummy, and yummy, incredible, yummy. really delicious. Good stuff. Good yep. All right, let's get back to you guys. So you're going to be at the market, at the uh, Taste of Bethesda. Sure, we will. Yep. Yeah. A stall? How does it all work? Yeah, we have a, a, a place, yep. a tent, where tent. we sell our bread, our croissant, our food, and we, we are happy to be, to be there because we are part of the community in Bethesda. We have been now open for almost four years. And we we will never miss this event. So you're, ju- Thank but you. are you um, <laughs> just breads and French breads and pastries? Like for people who haven't had the chance to be to your bakery yet, can you explain it? Well, we are well known for our bread. We we won the the prize of the best baguette, best capital baguette last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also people come very often for our croissant, chocolate croissant. Mm-hmm. But we also make pastries. And we launched uh, this weekend the gluten-free bread. Mm, uh, we have a few samples here. there. Mm-hmm. And also some seasonal products. Like for, for right now, we have launched a pumpkin bread. The it's pumpkin shaped, bread is ridiculous. Yeah, it's shaped as <laughs> pumpkins. But this is not pumpkin bread in the American style of pumpkin bread because most people eat pumpkin bread like a loaf. You know, like it's made like, like a banana muffin, bread. Yeah. Yeah, it's more like a banana bread or a zucchini bread. This is a bread. This is bread, absolutely. It's a bread dough. Mm-hmm filled with uh, pumpkin puree, mm-hmm. and uh, it's shaped as a pumpkin. So, you know, for now bringing that home, it's Now it looks like a dead jack o nice. yes. Like, yes. But yeah. I want to know, you brought Quentin with you. What is his role with you? Uh, Quentin has been our production manager from the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. So he started in, in October 2013. and uh, So really, all the success of the place is due to you, Absolutely. right? Come on. Uh, I mean, it's, it. it's a teamwork, you know. Admit it on my <laughs> It's a teamwork. But uh, my mission was to, um, well, Florence sent me here four years ago to open the first shop um, on Bethesda Avenue, 4919 Sent Bethesda you here Avenue. from France? Yes, yeah. sir. Wow. From France. Can you send me somewhere? <laughs> I think my wife would like you to send me anywhere. But. <laughs> we can talk about it. Okay. And so you came. And so the overall mission was to uh, bring to the... Bethesda community, um, the French quality bread and pastries that we know in France, mm-hmm. um, opening this shop as a neighborhood shop. We really wanted to uh, insert ourselves in the Bethesda community. And uh, Why? Why Bethesda? What made you? Well, because Bethesda is full of people, you know, that are um, very international and um, I would savvy. say a little bit more educated than, mm-hmm. you know, elsewhere in the U.S., and it was a good bet for us to mm-hmm. see if this population would like our breads and our. Had you, know, you been here before? I mean, is it? How did you pick Bethesda, though? Out of all. Well, I had lived there. I oh, lived okay. in Bethesda during two years before. Um, uh, I used to be an. You didn't ca- throw a dart at a map, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not completely. Well, Bethesda no. also hosts um, a big French community through the French school, mm-hmm. um, so we knew there was a. Kind of a market, you know, ready to uh, welcome us anyways. But there's also so many great restaurants in Bethesda. You know, it's such an incredible community. Absolutely. That's that's a big point you're um, you're lifting up. Mm-hmm. Um, all, the, all the community in Bethesda is very um, on what's local. So doing what we do fresh every day, we really inserted ourselves in the Bethesda community because mm-hmm. all those restaurants are more than happy, you know, to um, from the local uh, partnerships to mm-hmm. deal with. 
which I assume you guys help facilitate as well, right, Stephanie? I mean, so our, um, you know, our main focus is promoting downtown Bethesda. And mm -hmm. obviously the restaurants we have in our community are a huge focus of attracting people to Bethesda and a huge benefit. We've had a ton of development in Bethesda lately. Lots of people just moving just into little, downtown Bethesda. So it's great. These folks can literally walk out their door first thing in the morning and go get fresh baguettes. And, right. You know, there's just wonderful restaurants and wonderful little areas all through downtown Bethesda. Well, what's really interesting is you had... Old Georgetown Road was a bit like the Iron Curtain for a while. You had <laughs> Bethesda Row, which was so snappy and sexy, uh -huh. and then you had an older part of Bethesda yep. with good restaurants, but it didn't get the foot traffic or the. And now, now it's really, sort of, it's all integrated. I think, I think. because of um, the new development, the new people moving in, and um, you know, health-conscious people who are happy to you know walk all over Bethesda. Mm -hmm. It's great. I think you know we've recently done some focus groups, and we've heard people love the national chains, but they obviously really love the mom and pop shops and the complimentary nature of what you have in Bethesda, I think, um, lends to the success that we've seen. Um, and people like this who are getting up at two in the morning to make bread, right. um, really just Did we say one in the morning. Are, they're right across the street from Euro motor cars on, uh, on Bethesda Arlington, Avenue, right? Yeah. No, Bethesda Avenue. Bethesda okay. Avenue. So let's tell everybody like about taste of Bethesda. Just give them the Sure. Quick plate. highlights. Yes. Um, the event's coming up on Saturday, October 7th. Mm -hmm. It takes place from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Rain or shine. Rain or shine. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Where Fingers are always crossed for shine. For shine. Um, you can see the full list of restaurants on our website, which is Bethesda.org. We have mm -hmm. nearly 50 restaurants. We have five stages of entertainment. We have a kids area. Um, so it's, it's tons of fun. Um, lots it's of folks like friendly. it's dog friendly. Just make sure your dog's on a leash. Um, make sure your dog is friendly. Yes, make sure your dog is friendly. <laughs> is it so, um, friendly it's free to get in. You just buy food tickets when you get there. And like I said, we want you to eat and enjoy and try all these great restaurants that we're so lucky to have in Bethesda. Excellent. All Thank right, you great. so much. And just tell everybody once again where they can find you, please. Well, they can find us on 4919 Bethesda Avenue across from Euromologos. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and there are plenty of... Um, Fresh pastries, fresh bread right. uh, in our store. Anybody watching Facebook Live can see. Right, the breads <laughs> are just ridiculous. And we can also wholesale. I mm -hmm. mean, we have another facility in Rockville. We, mm -hmm. we just opened um, one month ago, and we can wholesale from there. We already deliver 72 places every morning. Cool. Restaurants, uh, coffee shops, uh, business clubs. Um, yeah, we have a great team of beggars dedicated to this work. They start mm -hmm. at 1 a.m., and um, yeah, our, our product has just loved. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks thank you so for bringing much. in such right. wonderful Don't thank you. Yes. And Mike, let's get back to you. I got a question for you. The there's this explosion now in in people opening craft distilleries and all of that. Are you finding the arena? I mean, is it is it difficult? Because it was wide open when the guys like uh, Catoctin sure. um, Creek opened up. They were the first distillery in Loudoun County in a million years. Right. You know, right. Well, we we were the eleventh. Yeah, in, in the so state. I think Catoctin was like six or seven. Are you guys okay. bumping into each other now, or is there still a big field to play in? Yeah, there's a huge field. And all of us craft distillers are almost like brothers. We share products. Um, it's awful tough to compete with uh, Bean Centauri or uh, Diageo. I mean, mm -hmm. they got more marketing dollars that they, they leave on the ground in one day that we spend in a year. So I think, uh, you know, for us, the rising tide flo floats all boats. We're thrilled that the whole craft cocktail scene's coming back. You know, the Manhattans are coming back. The Old Fashions are coming back. Mm -hmm. The Martinis are coming back. The Negronis are coming back. The Sazeracs are coming back. And that really is focused on the flavor. Um, and it's not uh, Bacardi and Coke. You know, it's not uh, it's the, 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 the bars that are using the gun for most of their drinks are, you know, are going away. And the guys that are putting okay, yeah. on uh, 
uh, bow ties and shake and drinks are, are coming up. So um, that's why we want to. That that's where we want to be. We want to win on flavor, uh, all natural, uh, farm to flask, local. Um, I, and I say Tito's is sort of every one of ours idol. Uh, the way Tito Beverage came came to market with his homemade vodka, handmade vodka, and then how big he got was very impressive. Uh, for us, uh, we just like to say we're the, Virgi- we're, there, we're the, the Virginia Tito. Losing quality there. Oh, I, she definitely lost quality. I mean, you can't make yeah, five hundred thousand cases a month right. and think you're going to have quality. Um, and there's also the industry secret that eighty percent of all the vodka is made at the two factories. So um, <laughs> you know <laughs> that's the truth. So we're we're not. Um, we I actually filter my own vodka through carbon. It's filtered for anywhere from twenty four to thirty six hours, and we know it's we know it's award winning. We got the gold medal for a reason. So is it fair to say that some people have started off as artisans with a dedication to you know to crafting a really different spirit, uh, became capitalists and. Well, it's hard to scale. It's hard to scale. You know, I always said, why isn't there a really awesome national bakery? Because it's tough to make handmade stuff on a on a very large scale. Um, I think that but there if doesn't you... have to be. Right. I mean, it's very honestly, good point. like I think what's preferable is having in. Uh, I don't need a bread from San Francisco in my house when I have a fabulous bakery around the corner. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think uh, you know, Nikki, people like yourself have really brought that uh, farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, eat local, local mentality back, mm-hmm. and that's what we're. That's what you know. We when I came here in two thousand uh, from uh, from from my professional hockey career, um, there was probably 60, 70 wineries. Mm-hmm. Now there's three hundred or four hundred. Oh, it's amazing. And I went to University of Vermont in nineteen graduated in nineteen ninety five, and there was uh, that's when Catamount and Sam Adams and all the local breweries were coming on, and then mm-hmm. they took off as well. So I feel like the distilleries are the last one of that wave. Um, again, we're the we're the eleventh licensed distillery now. There's almost fifty of us, maybe forty nine. I'm not sure if the last guy got got, got his mm-hmm. license or not. But uh, it, you know, it's tough to scale. You know, we we live in a very uh, populated area. We're very lucky. We're not in the middle of, of you know by the Tennessee border of Virginia. Right. We have three million people within fifty miles of our door. True. And so, you know, we're excited to just service our local savvy, community. It's also a very, oh, it's almost over. It's, yeah. uh, you also, you're very fortunate also because you're in a very savvy area. Right. You know? I'm going to jump in. Okay, go Make ahead. sure people know where to find you guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, obviously, Merlarkey.com, M-U-R-L-A-R-K-E-Y.com. We're located in a very easy location right in Bristol, Virginia, which is really kind of between Gainesville and Manassas, mm-hmm. right across from Jiffy Lube Live, the concert hall. We're literally a sixteenth of a mile from Jiffy Lube Live. If you go to a concert out there, come by and see us beforehand and have a taste in our tasting room. We can show you how we make all of our products and then you'll never get Excellent. to the concert all right <laughs> thanks all right everything you heard about on the show today you'll find on the list you on it.com are you on it i said the list are you on it.com mm-hmm, i know you don't think i know that by now no i don't know what you know all right anyways follow nikki on twitter uh, and on WTOP every Thursday live at 1240. Okay, we want to thank everybody for joining us today. We had amazing cocktails and delicious breads and fresh fish. Everything was really delicious. Um, watch it all on Facebook Live. We are out of town next week, but we're back for our anniversary show, nine years on air on October 15th. And we're still married. Here go we figure go. that Have out. Have a delicious week. <laughs>